Uh, kia ora listeners, and welcome to another episode of Music, Movies and Madness. Hey, we're up to episode number 25, and um, 25. 25. Exciting, eh? Astounding. And, uh, astounding. Agreed, agreed. And we're going to be looking back to the super sounds of the 70s and examining the year that was 1974. Um, and so Martin, our wonderful co-host won't be joining us um with the usual crew of david and ian and myself because he's continuing to have a great time in london with friends and family so we'll continue on um and the, really join together to talk about how awesome yeah. or how all interesting join together who wrote that his name was steve allen oh okay yeah, I think it was Steve Allen. Yeah. Well, anyway, 1974. Why was it? Why are we singing this song for listeners um, who may have not picked up on some of the weird vibes associated with that? Mm. Well, 1974 was an interesting year here in New Zealand. Um, the main big thing that happened that year was Christchurch hosted the Commonwealth Games, and the the official song was called join together um it's the year new zealand actually came out of black and white um before that new zealand was just black and white all the time it was gray and black and white and then the commonwealth Games started and it was the start of color tv in new zealand everything became color those were the days eh look at that look at that love there's a bit of color on there now i know I believe it that's exactly right hey oh, how, the, how did they do that Look at Christchurch. Christchurch is in colour. Look at Christchurch, darling. Beautiful. Oh, oh amazing. Amazing technology. <laughs> I know my grandfather went out and bought a colour TV for the occasion. I think they must have did sold he? Loads. Yeah, he did. <laughs> nice. It was the big thing, man. Oh, it's granddad. TV. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, and they, the Queen and everybody and all their family came down and had a lot of fun. Um, there were some other cool things that happened in 1974 in New Zealand as well. It was the first Waitangi Day, um, the oh. first one we had. Yeah, yeah. Um, ACC was established, which means in New Zealand, guys, um, and, and listeners around the world, um, you can go for a mountain bike ride here in New Zealand, and if you fall off and hurt yourself, you're covered. It's all good. Your treatment will be all sorted. Um, yeah, and other you can't, you can't, you can't see the, the you know, it is a, it trees. is a six month wait, but yeah, but compared to other places, <laughs> compared to other places around the world, um, yeah, it makes yeah. it's one of the cool things that make New Zealand really choice. Um, our, our prime minister that year, Big Norm, died. Um, um, his name was Norman Kirk, and apparently he was quite the. He was quite a big man, big prime minister of the time. Mm. Um, Captain Kirk's brother? Yep. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, Pizza Hut first opened in New Zealand. Wow. I know, yeah. New London, Auckland. I know, Pizza wow. Hut. Yeah. Beating beating um, AFC. I think beat KFC. You just think, think all... these places have always been there forever, eh? But uh, you know, they had to start yeah. somewhere. McDonald's, yeah, wasn't there until a little bit later as well. Wow. Um, the voting age was lowered to 18 from 20. And 
the recording artist group of the year in New Zealand was the Bulldogs All Star Good Time Band. Right. Who? Oh, I've got all their albums. The Good Time Bulldogs. <laughs> the Bulldogs. Bulldogs All Star Good Time Band. I mean, Ooh. how bad is that? Jeez. These days, they'd probably be famous because of that name. To be honest, it does sound like an album that Ian would review. Yeah. I've got it. You like that sort of stuff, don't you, mate? A little bit, you know? (laughs) What did you do last week? Visage or whatever it was? Visage. Did you listen to it? Did you? Did you? I did. I did. (laughs) Yes, I have listened to Visage. I did. did. And you know why, Ian? Because the one song that I knew that everyone knows from Visage, Fade to Grey, you didn't even mention. You didn't even mention. Too damn mainstream. I That's a rubbish it. song. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad. Um, Stiff shit. I put it on the podcast anyway. Yeah, yeah I heard yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to David Chan for putting together such a wonderful podcast last week. Thank you, David. And shout out totally. If, if our listeners have not found that on the Spotify, there is a matching set list sort of, what do you call it? Playlist. 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 That's what you find. Find the playlist to go with the potty. Yeah, it's awesome. Go and listen to that. Yeah, I think it's pretty choice too. Um, So, yeah, 25, man. Good times. Um, Episode 25. All right. So, how do you guys go um, in terms of finding um, choices for music and movies for 74? Martin immediately had his locked in. The big guy, he made some good choices. We'll give him a shout out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. How did you go, David? 74 is kind of hairband right in that bloody middle of the hairband epidemic that was it was on. My initial choice was for the suite. I always mm-hmm. like the suite, but then I discovered um, you went something for else. the sour. I did, mate. Yeah, the sweet, sweet, and sour. sweet and sour. So I was going to review the suites 74. They had a couple of albums in 74, and oh, and um because it has one of my favourite tracks on it, Fox on the Run. You know that song? It's no. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, oh how does it go? Fox on the run. everybody come. Run away. Foxy on the run. Yeah, David. Damn. I am going to overdub the f*** out of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you touch it so that's one of it's a bit of gold in this that so, is um, no, that's on it's a movie so for, an, for albums was so reasonably straightforward for you david movies there were heaps of good albums movies nah man i saw that the, there was like the tower in inferno there was there was the godfather too there was some good movies but i mm. couldn't be asked sitting down and watching it to be honest because there was just too much good tv on at the moment <laughs> House of the Dragon. Had, had to watch House of the Dragon yeah. three times. Oh, yeah. Listeners, David Chan has a very big fan of the old Game of Thrones, and uh, yeah, he, he certainly. Sorry, seventy-four. Sorry, seventy-four. It's all right. Well, that's fine. How about how did you go in with finding movies and um, music? You've had a busy time of it of late. It's been a busy week. This this little fella over in Taranaki. Yeah, I'm a busy dude, which. I know that's no excuse for our podcast, but uh, yeah, I have it's been. Called life. It's it's been a hectic couple of weeks actually, but um, so I got gifted an album 
from yourself, my mate, Glenn, uh, and which I'm oh, looking forward to review. The movies, yeah, uh, it's quite interesting, eh, because there's quite a lot came out. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that came out. Um, I was I was a bit like Dave. I was, but it wasn't watching TV. I was on TikTok. Um, so you were so cool, man. I thanks, man. Uh, I, yeah, You're so up was, with everything. But I got one. I got a movie. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So what should we what should we begin with then? So so who's got who's got a movie? I've got a movie. Ian? Yeah, I've got a movie. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind Martin's of. got a movie. Good. Yeah, good, good. It's, it's a bit of a kind of, really. So let's do a half-assed job of movies and then move on to the music, eh? Sounds good, good idea. Yeah, all right. Um, I'll go first. My movie was Godfather 2. Um, the story, obviously, it's a sequel to the um, original Godfather that came out a few years earlier. Um, and it's regarded as possibly the greatest of the three movies um, that came out, following the you know the crime or crime slash family drama of the Corleone family, mm-hmm. um, and it's a long watch, an absolute long watch. I'm not going to. I didn't watch it um, in preparation for this session because it is so long, and you've got to be in the right sort of. St- headspace to deal with that sort of length but um uh you know what it, it it when you're in the mood for a good sort of gangster family drama movie series um it's hard to beat hard to beat um uh, and this particular film f- did two things it was a prequel and a sequel all in the same film mm. these days you would end up probably with a tv series um, and David would be hooked watching that, binging away. Um, but in, the the prequel part was effectively following the, the Marlon Brando character from the first movie and how he moved from Italy to New York um, and sort of became a bit of a crime boss. And that was actor, the actor for that was um, Robert De Niro. Um, so young Robert De Niro um, played played that character, um, and then it interchanges and flicks between the prequel and the sequel, following um, Michael Corleone, um, which was acted by um, Al Pacino. So you had two of the greats in their prime, young, ambitious actors in this yeah. huge, huge movie. Um, um, and and not a scene together um, oh, because yeah. of the prequel sequel thing. Um, it mm. wasn't until the movie Heat in the nineties um, that they were actually together, and that's what made Heat such an important film because you got to finally see these two amazing actors on the same screen together, which was pretty damn good. And again, that's another dr- crime movie too. Yeah. Um, so you got to follow Michael as he reluctantly sort of took over the family business from his dad and the um, interchange of um, allies and um, enemies of the family um, sort of culminating in a rather brutal ending. Um, So I'm not sure. Have you guys watched Godfather 2? Yeah, I've seen all. Yeah. Yeah. 
What do you think of it, mate? Yeah, good. I, I like the series. They're a long watch, eh? But oh yeah, totally. Um, but the, you know they they do have a, they do have a story. Yeah, I like I like them, eh? Yeah, beautiful series. Beautifully well acted. Oh, sublime, eh? Is it? Is um, it- is it violent? Um, nothing compared. Nothing compared to what we have today. Okay. Because um, I really love The Sopranos, right? Uh, well, and, then and David Chan. Part of the reason this why is I love it is because it, it was it was mob, but it wasn't it wasn't graphic. But no, it was bad. It was still bad, is, but it wasn't graphic bad. Yeah, I mean, this is similar. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend for if you like The Sopranos. This is, well, arguably where sort of Sopranos came from. Yeah, um, Francis yeah. Ford Coppola's vision mm. um, from the um, from the books. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, what you could do is you could treat it the the three films as binge worthy TV show because probably you know six or seven episodes of a eight episodes of a TV show mm. could easily be that mm. way. Um, so I'm not going to give away anything because that would be a bit rude. I just recommend you go and have a check it out, especially if you like The Sopranos. And yeah, it's awesome, brilliant. It hasn't oh. dated because it was set in the in the seventies, so yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Mm. Nice um, five star yeah. film. It is cl- it is classic. Um, it is probably the benchmark for mob movies, isn't it? The Godfather series. Yeah, Godfather. I know too. there's been Lots there's been like of, yeah. what was the one that um came out in the nineties? Um the the one with Goodfellas. Goodfellas was oh, damn awesome. Good Goodfellas, Untouchables. Yeah. Untouchables. Untouchables. Yeah. I loved Casino. Casino was good. Proof. De Niro was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he oh, was man. with Joe Pesci. Yeah. He was a violent little bastard, eh? Great <laughs> yeah. series. Oh, Scarface is obviously a classic. Yeah. yeah, so um, more in the more in that sort of Sopranos sort of style, family drama type mm. thing, David. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think you're in for a a, a reward. Um, just watch. It is slow moving, but then again, so what? No, I you like quite like moving. a good slow burn. Yep. So um, no, nah, mm. brutal and awesome. Just so so good. And number two, oh. It's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy. Go and, Go watch, and it. watch it. It's it's a it's a cinematic piece of art Go masterpiece. What did oh. you come up with, Ian? The movie I chose was called Foxy Brown. Oh, nice. Yeah. I well, mm, I give it a zero point five out of ten. Yeah, um, but it's it's that whole black exploitation movie, eh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, I tried three movies before that, and they all sucked. Um, I, yeah, I um, what is it? It's directed by Jack Hill. It's got Pam Greer in it. The plot is uh, she is seeking revenge after a boyfriend shot. Uh, I didn't get past seventeen minutes, so I don't know how it ends, and I don't care. Oh no! It kind of yeah. Anyway, shit movie, and I um. I, I, what I found quite interesting was on Google. I I don't know where you guys get your where you go hunting for your stuff, but I tap into Google IMDb, mm-hmm. right, and I put in there uh, movies of seventy four or whatever, and it gives you a massive list. And there is so much 
I noticed in 1974 there was so much Pornamondo, dude. What was going on in 74? Is that, <laughs> that when they were going to the movies and and like taxi driver and doing all that stuff? I think so. I, I think so. Did um, you guys notice a, that? It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. There was a big movement after sort of thing mid, mid to late 70s around Hollywood apparently had got out of control and it was showing far too much boob. Um, and yeah, they, they all, the, oh, the conservatives in America clamped down on it big time. Well, yeah. I thought I'd have a little squizzy just to compare, like, you know, then and now, you know, mm. like you do. And, uh, no, no, I, 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 no you, yeah, I'll, I'll do it for you. And so I had a little squizzy at Flesh Gordon and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty much what it says on the can, right? Um, I bet I'd give that also a 0 0.5 out of 10. <laughs> but it, it did have a slightly more interesting plot than Foxy Foxy Brown's. <laughs> Your Foxy Brown, is that the same Foxy Brown that Glenn was thinking of? Or is this? Yeah, it is. Oh, a different genre that you're talking about. No, no. About. It is exactly the one. Um, I think you've done it a disservice to it. Um, oh. or, or maybe it's I've got a bit of a soft spot for um, those black exploitation movies that came out around that time. Um, oh. They're very much um, black cinema, um, and they've got stories about exactly oh. that. Um, I mean, man, I love all stuff wasted, that's got like... Getting wasted. I love all stuff like Huggy Bear and um, oh, there's yeah, a few yeah. real good ones that came out, Superfly and all that stuff. I oh, love yeah. that stuff. Tra Track Turner was one of my favourites with Isaac mm. Hayes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But this, yeah, ah, not for me. Yeah. If, um, I mean, to the viewers, was, yeah. Martin Tarantino um, got her into um, being um, Jackie Brown. Um, which was a homage to those sort of movies. And I the, don't mind Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown was yeah. great. Highly yeah. recommend. Well, um, yeah. But there was just some, yeah, there was a lot of that independent sort of black cinema. And, yeah, you're right. Some of it is pretty pretty fun. Um, well, well, not. I find it hilariously good fun. Um, if you want to see probably one of the worst movies ever, Dolomite, is probably one of the strangest, worst movies ever put together. I think by I Rudy, have seen by Rudy Ray, Rudy Ray Moore. Um, he was a comedian, and um, yes, it is worth checking out. Um, Eddie Murphy did an amazing job of um, doing a movie recently about. He acted as Rudy Ray Moore um, in the as Dolomite. Um, highly recommend, obviously, watching the um, the Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to watch a really bad movie, but it's funny at the same time and it's badness, then check out Dolomite. Um, it was always on at the um, Incredibly Strange Film Festival that we used to have in Wellington. Um, mm. Which used to, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Damn, it was good. There was all sorts of really weird shit that they played, and um, I used to go and watch these type of things. I think that depends on though if you're. You know, that's like an album, right? So if you're in a place that's <laughs> cool, you're with your mates. Yeah. You're it makes it seem better. If you're sitting here reviewing something and you're like, Oh my god. 
just you know so there's there's that element think, as well i think i think you're probably right i think yeah you're money. yeah maybe it does suck 70s movies i mean i went through quite a lot man and yeah it was a really interesting time i think for movie making there was a lot of wish-washy stuff going on man maybe they're finding their feet you know? know um and martin martin picked the towering inferno he did he did indeed. The Towering Inferno again, another one of those disaster movies. There mm. was there was quite a lot of those disaster movies getting made, like the Poseidon Adventure and um, just generally bad shit happening. Um, and again, this one was set. A bunch of people get exactly that stuck in a building, I rise on mm. fire. Everybody's worst nightmare. Um, and oh, nine eleven. It did. Oh, I know. Um, and again, it's sort of just like Jaws. Jaws was probably the, a year later again. Demonized the shark. This towering inferno. No demonized high-rise buildings. I, I I remember seeing it on TV when I was much much younger, but I don't. I have never seen it again. But Martin obviously rates it big time. He, he has, has uh, for our listeners. He has been. Uh, posting a few pictures and stuff and I loved the thing he took of the post box in London that had the danger mouse blue, <laughs> blue seal on it. <laughs> I, Martin has been to the home of danger mouse. <laughs> I um I tried showing the kids um because they were asking about that so I put on a danger mouse clip from YouTube and mm. they told me to turn it off because it was boring. <laughs> Oh damn! They just didn't get it. They weren't getting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was quite. It cool. was. It was made on a shoestring that, and that's why it's mostly white, because they couldn't yeah. afford to color stuff in. You know. Oh, was... so like New Zealand was in the black and white back in days. Yeah. 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 And nice. David Jason. Yeah, I remember listening to a thing him him oh, talking yeah. about it, and uh, they nearly couldn't afford to get him on. Yeah, I mean it was. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize. Did he do the voice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Granville. Yes. Oh, Granville. Um, Granville, yeah. Open all hours. Open all hours. Open all hours with um. Yeah, Ronnie Ronnie Barker. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Granville for for fetch a cloth. (laughs) (laughs) David, you do that well. Oh, I love that show, mate. Yeah, we 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 loved it as well. Faulty Towers. Oh fuck. Give yeah. us a faulty tales one. Come on. Oh, the Glad- Gladys Emmanuel. I remember that. Give us an Kay. impression. Okay. Okay. Actually, David, as we're doing this podcast, David has, because our listeners can't obviously see what we're seeing. So I'm going to explain to them that David has as his background drop the, what is that, David? Is it, that's Christchurch, right? Yeah, QE2 Stadium. That's QE2 stadium. stadium right behind him. It makes me think, you know, I just had a weekend in the mighty Fonganui, and uh, um, which was awesome. And I went to that running place that Peter Cook's Snell Gar- comes from. Cook's Garden. Hmm. And, you know, when you stand at those racetracks, and how quick do they do a lap, these guys in the Commonwealth? Like a minute, two minutes? Not even. For 400 metres. It's 800 metres. 800 metres. Yeah. And yeah. you look at that when you're sitting there on a stand and there's no one in the place 
And you think, Jesus, they must move, man. I mean, all all athletics is impressive, but the the speed runners and the sprinters and stuff, man. Totally. Yeah, pole vault's my favourite to watch. All right, let's go on and talk about some records. Oh, yeah, let's talk about some music. Um, And let's get it out of Ian's system. Ian, what did I give you to review? (laughs) So Glenn gave me an album Mm -hmm. this this week. I did, did indeed. Actually, Bromman gave you the album. My wife did. Bromley gave me the album. Yeah, you did, yeah. She said, oh, here's one for him to check out. Yeah, well, I was I was a busy chap, so that was that was cool. I've written down here in my two B eight. I'm actually really glad to have heard this album. So cheer, bro! But it's not you, bro. It's Bronny. Cheer, Bronny. Um, yeah. So the album is called Radio City. It is by the band Big Star. Have you heard of them, Dave? No. Who are they? Not heard of that album? Nope. Okay, I would I would imagine there's quite a lot of people that have not heard of Radio City. Uh, I was one of them, and yeah, how interesting! Uh, it's their a little rundown on Radio City. It's their second album. Um, it wasn't a commercial success for them. It sold quite poorly, apparently, but it's now recognised as a, a bit of a milestone album um as for rock and sort of pop and i would say that that wikipedia um description is bang on correct what a milestone album really enjoyed it um let's get stuck in here song one which i have chosen to be played for y'all is uh, a song called oh my soul which is um i think it's the first song in the album actually so Dave's going to bang that on.
David, and as you have heard, it's kind of a, uh, a a nice rocky. The best way I describe it, it's almost like a Kenny Loggins kind of guitar. Yeah, and then from there it sort of jumps into this that kind of funky rhythm. Yeah, what a cool song! So that's called "Oh My Soul" by Radio City, and uh, Radio City is, I think, the main dude there is you, Glenn. You might know a bit more, but I, I think his name's Alex uh, Chilton. Uh, his real name's William. William Alex Chilton, but Alex Chilton, he's the vocals, guitar, keys, uh, and he got famous and decided to start his band after he had a, a chance meeting with Roger McGuinn at, mm. a, friend's, at a friend's place. Yeah, and then he formed um, Big Star. He died of a heart attack, age 59. Um, the album is a real easy listen. So I've had this on at the barbershop. It's not offensive. It's foot yeah. tapping. It can be in the background cruising. You can crank it for a few numbers and get into it. So it's a nice, I think, I think it's a bit of a gem of an album, the more you listen to it. I've, I've yeah. really enjoyed it. Their debut um, um, called Number One Record is awesome as well. I've not heard that, so I need to check that no, out. I think you should certain. check that out. Mm. Um, uh, they remind me of several bands. They remind me of, and obviously 74, right? <clears throat> they remind me of The Birds a bit. Yeah. Um, the Cars, maybe Talking Heads a little bit. A uh, bit of John sort of Cougar Mellencamp riff things going on. A bit of Jackson Brownie stuff. It's a nice mixture. Um, I've made a note here that Oh, yeah, he writes a song, I'm in love with a girl. And this is a beautiful acoustic song. The album's quite rocky, but this is a lovely acoustic song. It could be like a, a Jackson Brown song. Yeah. It just really tones the album down, and you think, far out, man, that's pretty good. Um, I'm in love with a girl. But, yeah, great, great album. Um, I have made notes here that, I think the album is quite, um, it's quite drum heavy in the mix, right? So whoever's on the drums, if you or if you're a drummer, going to listen to this and you love big drums, lots of fills, cymbals, mm. those kind of drums. Uh, this is a, a definite one to check out as well. It's got a, a little bit too heavy for my, whoever produced it, I would have tone the drums down a little bit but um i would i would give that album really probably an eight out of ten i'd say um and to see out my review i would ask dave to play september girls which was also a hit for them and uh pretty cruisy number which was covered by the bangles i believe oh. and the searchers the searchers did a cover of it as well so here's September Girls, and thank you for listening. I love you all.
Is it dated, Ian? I think if you put it on, you would know you're in the 70s. Yeah. Mm. Which but, isn't a bad thing at all. No, but I would say it's very listenable to some of the 70s trash mm. that's out there. Mm. It's yeah. not a trashy album. It's a good album. Yep. The Big Star story is kind of quite sad in many, many ways. Alex Chilton, um, he found a little bit of fame... Um, with the box tops, I think it was called, um, in, in a t- basically teenage band, and they did a song called "The Letter," um, uh, called "My Baby." She wrote me a letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know that song, and uh, uh, it got covered. Um, Joe Cocker covered it, and a few others did as well. Yeah. Um, and bit of a bit of a prodigy, um, and formed Big Star, and. It was made, well, they didn't have a lot of money at all. Um, mm. And I reckon the production really suffers on the records because mm. of it. Um, they only made three that I'm aware of. Um, mm. And it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting because you say, I mean, you use the word suffer. Now, when I listened to that, the first thing that struck me immediately was the drums, right? And the rawness. Mm. Now, I think the the whole production, um, I don't know if I'd say suffer. I think it's raw. It sounds raw. Yeah, it just which feels is kind of un- cool. You know? Yeah, it, it is and it isn't. I reckon it could do with a good remix. A bit of a I remix. Was, I, I reckon it was underdone, and I think that's because of the um, lack of money, etc. Yeah. And Alex was a, a an anglophile. Um, he loved. English music and English pop and rock and stuff like that. So him and his band made that, that type of music, except that in 74 and the early to mid 70s, you had prog and you had really heavy sort of bands like the Zeppelins and, um, you know, Black Sabbaths and stuff like that. And this little band, Big Star, just couldn't gain any traction at all, despite so many wonderfully written songs like you just talked about and the third album um is actually really really sad to listen to um because it's you know a band on their way out and it wasn't until sort of the 80s and 90s that big star music became popular again um and remember that song and uh, remember the um tv show called that 70s show yep mm. yep uh, down the street Da, 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 da. The thing we did, the thing last week, the main song is Big Star. 
Oh. Yeah. So when that came out, I was like, oh, man. I think they got cheap trick to cover it, um, which yes. wasn't as good as the original, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, Big Star. And I kept on hearing this name, Big Star, Big Star, all the time in the sort of the 90s, 2000s. And David, you like your jangly guitar and well written rock and pop songs. Um, I think you, this might be a bit of a winner for you. Um, yeah, out. so that, that is a, it, mm. they did, man, oh, you know, Alex finally got his dues a bit late, I think, and died way too young. Um, but yeah, um, the sad story of Big Star in some ways, sort of a band out of Ooh. time. Maybe yeah. could have, should have been around in the 60s instead, mm. but yeah. Oh, nice. that's good. Ed. Thanks for reviewing it, man. All right, David Chan. Oh, yeah. Over to you. I've gone for Walls and Bridges by John Lennon. This nice. is this is a really interesting album. Um, what attracted <laughs> me to this album was the fact that it's got one of my favourite songs. So there's two songs from this period, sort of mid-70s, that Lennon wrote that um, I absolutely love. One of them is Mind Games, which just precedes this, and the other one is number nine, Dream, um, which is on this album here. Walls and Bridges, his um, fifth studio album, issued um, on the... 26 September 74 dead smack in the middle of his long weekend you guys know much about his long weekend yes <laughs> is it long it yes was, it was long it was a good yep. one though it it's, a, it's pretty infamous man it was a I good Yono likes a long one right he um him and Yoko <laughs> him and Yoko were struggling a bit with their marriage towards sort of the middle of 73 mm. and um and Yoko, bless her, she's a she's 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 a woman a woman with vision. She um she recognizes that John and her are basically not getting on that well, and that things are going the wrong way, and she sets him up to have an affair with their um with their personal assistant, a woman by the name of uh, by the name of May Pang, who's about ten years his junior. So you know, friend friend of both of these. So, so he he obliged and um, <laughs> went off um, for eighteen months with her. Um, they were living in New York. They head oh. across to L.A. and record with Phil Spector the first album, which was um, uh, was Mind Games, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and Spector's at this stage. Do you know much about Phil Spector in the mid seventies? Absolutely, batshit crazy. Oh well, a lot of them were, but he was—he was not. I mean, they were all alcohol fueled during during this time, and the mm. likes of Harry Nilsson, who was probably the biggest pisshead in the seventies. That's saying something. Um, but what a songwriter! Oh, totally, and what a voice! Oh, Just phenomenal what a voice, what a songwriter. But you Agreed. had you had Lennon hanging out with with him and Phil Spector. Um chasing them around with guns and shit right i mean there's a famous there's and yeah just before this album's written right so they come back to new york to write this album wars and bridges but just before this happens lennon this is probably about late 73 lennon um lennon's in the studio phil, pull, phil pulls out the pulls out a gun and fires it in the studio inches from inches from lennon's ear when when he recovers, he says, "Phil, you're gonna shoot me, shoot me." 
but don't fire a gun near my ear. I kind of need them. <laughs> and, and, but, Good adult and, conversation. Well, yeah, and 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 then he, um, you know, it doesn't finish there. Later on, wow. Spectre's chasing around the bloody studio with a gun. He's a nutcase, right? And we all know how that ended with Phil mm-hmm. being, being arrested for murder and that. So anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, or maybe I don't. So uh, this album recorded, um, it's, there's three albums during that um, uh, famous, infamous Long Weekend. This is the middle album. Um, it's happening around middle of 74. Um, so Inspector's not, not involved. It's got an absolute all-star cast of session musos on there, right? Mm, mm. And of course, you know, you don't get much better on keys than Elton John on keys and vocals. Um, uh, you know, and the big the big hit on this one is the kind of duet, if you like, between whatever um, gets you through the night. Whatever gets you through it's the night. All right. I've never it's heard the album. Right. You never heard of it? I've never heard the album. No. Nah. You know that song though, right? Whatever, no. whatever gets you through the night. Through the night. All it's right. All right. It's all right. <laughs> no. That is... money all your life. Oh, yeah. Great. That's a. That's a. Oh, I'll. I'll put that on right now, just for you, Ian. Here you go. Thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. What a wicked song. <laughs> that was so uh, good. So, oh, man. Well, look, 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 look mate, bloody well should be. You've got Klaus Vorman on bass. You've yep. got Jim, Jim Keltner on drums, for God's sake. Obviously, yep. Lennon and Elton John on vocals. You've got Harry Nilsson doing backing vocals on one of the tracks, Old Dirt Road. Julian Lennon, who's t- uh, just turned 11. Is doing the drums on Ya Ya, and it kind of does sound a little bit um, like, like, an, like, like an eleven-year-old in drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not John Bonham. Okay, okay we're just in the la la. I'll get it. One, two, three. 
It's like, He's yeah, a- mate, I just want you to go boom, chat, boom, boom, chat. But you know boom, what? Chat. That would never have happened if it wasn't for Yoko sending mm. him away, right? Because, oh, yeah, yeah, it got him back, got him back with his son. So Julian's on the scene. This is an amazing period, right? So just before this album's written, John and um, May Pang and a whole lot of them are hanging out one of the studios. I think it was in LA. Yeah, it was in LA. And the McCartney's wander in to the studio and they start jamming. And it's all on YouTube, right? The sessions that are there. Yeah. They're just friends hanging out and they're playing Stand By Me and stuff like that. And so you've got Lennon and McCartney back together for, for you know, an afternoon. What was an afternoon? It is a it is a phenomenally good album. So you've got, um, uh, I mentioned Whatever Gets You Through the Night uh, on mm-hmm. side one there. It's one of those albums that uh, in the middle of it sort of tracks five, six, and then one and two on the second side probably where it peaks it really it really hits you in that sort of middle part number nine dream i mentioned is one of I my love that song. favorite tracks it's big mm. it's wide and ethereal it's very like much like um strawberry fields is you know that, woozy. yeah I'm more of a fan of the intros and the um the chorus another uh, not, not the chorus the um 
uh, sort of the verses part of the song. I just love the chord sequence of those yeah. lots of minors and man, I just dig it totally. out. Totally. Well, number nine dream, you've got you've got his mistress May Pang on backing vocals singing his name mm. in that first chorus, saying Cha. It's so cool. It's just such a slice of history, right? Surprise, surprise is the next song. And very much like um, Glass Onion on um, the White Album, it's very similar. There's a lot of crossover, actually. When you listen to this album, I I was thinking this sounds like 10 years earlier on that White Album. Mm. And uh, Steel and Glass is is another one of those middle tracks. Um, A bit of a dig at Alan Klein. John was John was a massive advocate of this guy, Alan Klein, and he thought that his sun shined out of his backside. But of course, by 74, um, it had all sort of come home to roost. And so he wrote this song um, about Alan, and it's pretty cutting, pretty skating, which is good, because uh, the guy was an absolute no-hoper. Um, I totally recommend this album. If you haven't heard it, um, Walls and Bridges, John Lennon, um, if you're not into the Yoko thing because you don't like the whaling, well, this is a good place to be because there's no Yoko here. I want to know what was Yoko doing at this period, this long weekend. She was long in, weekend. She was. Um, do you really want to know? Yeah. She was in there's Japan. always two sides to the story. She, she stitched them up, but what was she doing? She was in Japan, um, art exhibitions. So she was. The, the whole reason why she did this is because she got so sick of the whole Yoko broke up the Beatles narrative that was just. By that stage, five years later, sort of thing. She just was just yeah, doing her head and stuff. So she, she had to get away from it. And she said, oh, there's no point in me taking you over there with me. And, and you know, it's going to be even worse. So, you know, you because, fan- you know, John, she knew John fancied the assistant. So she said, well, why don't you go for it? <laughs> go for it. Knock yourself out. And you know oh, what? Think- came back after 18 months, right? Came back uh, and. Um, got back with Yoko. Ten months later, Sean's born. Straight away, and he continues to see May Pang for another two years after the after back on the scene. So obviously there was something there. Oh yeah, totally. She fell in love with him. Any any more little linens running around? You reckon? Mm. Not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one of the uh, one of the parts was John's drinking got out of hand in New York, <laughs> so she told him to bugger off. Um, and he said, look, and we're reflecting on it, he'd never had a time, and when he looked back in his younger years, he never had that time um, to go and do that type of thing, Um, unlike, you know, some of the other Beatles had that chance to go and drink and go out to clubs and stuff like that. John was married. Totally. And had had to be a sensible boy. Yeah. and so he never had it. So then when he went out to LA, he was hanging out with all his mates, like the guys that, and even Keith Moon was there as well, which, you know, immediately oh. you, you can't ask for anything more crazy than Keith Moon. Um, and yeah, so they just caused, they just got up to mayhem. Um, if, if any of our listeners uh, may be the love child of May Pang and John Lennon, if they want to come forward, Send us a little little message on Facebook, maybe. And, yeah, be uh, they'll be a few years older than us, but not by much, eh? Not, but they might be listening mm-hmm. in. Are you that person? Because we want to know. <laughs> well, I mean, how cool Cash is this, reward. Right? How, 
when he's in LA, he's hanging out with Alice Cooper. He's hanging out with Keith Moon, Harry Nelson, Bernie Tolpin, Ringo Starr, um, and um, the guy Dolenz from the uh, Monkeys, whatever his name is. Um, I'm just drunk as Mickey, Mickey. most of the time. And, and they're, they're so pissed. They're so drunk. They're drunk more than they are sober. They're called the, they became known as the Hollywood vampires because they never came out during the day. Um, <laughs> they they just lived and drunk themselves into. And, you know, Lennon got so hammered one day, he basically threw himself out of a moving car going at sort of 50 miles an hour because he thought it'd be fun. <laughs> and on the footpath nearly killed himself, you know. <laughs> I think George Michael did that, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably, he decided yeah. to jump out of a well, car when it was moving. Yeah, yeah, not, a good, not a good move. No, basically they were lucky to get out of it, yeah, all of them. Totally lucky um, to, to and live And unfortunately, Keith didn't get yeah. out of it and drank himself to death pretty much yeah, a few years yeah. later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy times, man. So great album. Um, love the story behind it. There's some really good songs on it. Yeah, and with some amazing musos. I mean probably carried them you know as well all right that means i'm lucky last yeah um before this we might just check in and see what martin would have picked for his um his lp long player um what did he choose it was a queen lp wasn't it It yes that's right sheer heart attack sheer heart attack yes sheer heart attack um and um that was a shift away from the Things that they'd had in the previous couple of years, which was day at the races and a night at the opera, and I think it brought some different sound into Queen again, which was probably a little bit overdue, actually. I think can't be all tally ho, can it? Oh no, and I think Martin mentioned Brighton Rock was one of his songs yes, choices, that's right. which is yeah, a yeah. tune.
Um, Killer Queen tune. She keeps them away, Shonda, in a pretty cabinet. Let them eat cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. A building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And at a time of invitation, you can't take Now I'm here. Now oh, I love that song. Think I'll stay around. Yeah. Oh man, it's a good album. Yeah, Lap of the Gods, Stunk All Crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just damn. Yeah, Queen, were, it, Queen were on fire in those days, weren't they? I think so too. It is a stellar record. Yeah. Yep. Good choice. Good singles. Yep. Well done, Martin. Um, my album's quite a different one. Um, I've picked um, Neil Young, um, his album called On the Beach. Neil. Neil. I know, Neil. it's about time Neil turned up. Good Uncle Neil. Neil. Uncle how, Neil. How have we got to 25 episodes of this thing and not really had a session on Neil? Ah, uh, look, you know, we'll probably have a few more. Wow. Um, but let's start with Neil um, and 74. <laughs> Um, things hadn't been going well for Neil. 74, Neil. No, not so good. Now, Neil Young, for people who haven't heard of Neil Young, he's probably one of the greats. Um, <laughs> Who's not heard of Neil Young? Well, probably a whole bunch of young people, man. We may have actually crossed over, hopefully. But he, he, he was totally sick. Um, and Neil Young started off in the 60s with um, Buffalo Springfield. Um, then became put his own solo out, but he was also part of oh that super folk group. What was it called? Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. The Beatles. Based... I was going to say. No, I never. No. I need to spend a bit of time on that whole Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, fucking George. I, I, I'll, Harry. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I never really got into that. But, I but, love but, that Deja Vu album. But it was oh, yeah. yeah. So so he. Because I know they have a they're, they're related to the Hollies in some way, correct? Right, the Hollies. Well, one of them is a Holly. Graham, Graham, Graham Nash. Graham, Graham Nash. Nash is okay, a Holly. so Graham Nash is a Holly, and then obviously they set up this Cosby Stills Nash, but that's a thing on its own. And then Young yes. joins them at some stage. Yes, mm. he gets invited in, and and the right. description is it's like throwing a stick of gelignite into the mix. Um, Neil was. A force of nature. He's his own person. He doesn't really give a shit. Um, he follows his own path, and and it causes problems. He follows the muse. Maybe he's slightly autistic. I suspect. No, I, I, do, I would describe Crosby as a musician, a pro. As Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, I would describe them as uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, three beautiful male melodic. Yes. Thick and young, it's like a wailing cat. You no. chuck in, yeah, you chuck in young, and it just yeah. totally, it changes yeah. the game. It's changes he brings, the game. He yeah. brings something quite 
explosive into the mix. And he takes away all the niceness. <laughs> yeah, he's regarded as a bit of the grandfather of grunge. Um, he's a real enigma. He is. He's just an enigma of an artist. I think um, he needed so he, to be on his own, not in the, that band, you know. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so Neil, he had this monster hit with an album called Harvest, and it had the number one single, um, Harvest, uh, you know, uh, Heart of Gold. Mega, oh, absolutely yeah. put him right at the front of popular music. Everyone loved him. They all wanted a part of that, mm. and he didn't like it. He didn't like being famous. Didn't like being popular, and decided to veer off to the ditch, as he described it, because the ditch was more interesting, and you meet more interesting people in the ditch. Harder road, but more interesting. So he put out an album called Time Never Fades and, yeah, quite abrasive and basically didn't, when he went on tour to do Harvest, did a couple of songs but mostly played all new stuff. So the crowd was just there for Heart of Gold and he didn't play it um, at all. <laughs> at, at all. Love it. And, One of those guys, eh? Damn. Yeah, and, and then and he followed the path. The muse said, I want to go this way. He went that way. Hmm. Um, and it's an intriguing lesson. And then tragedy hit. Um, he lost two good friends really close um, through heroin addict um, overdosing. Um, and he took it really badly. And obviously other people around them obviously got hurt um, around this time with um, um, particularly heroin was pretty bad. Mm. And so he made this album called Tonight's the Night, um, which is probably one of the rawest listens you'll ever get from an artist. He just puts it out there. The production's miles, miles off from being super duper like, say, Harvest. And he's a mess, absolutely mess. And he's just pouring it all into the music. And that was um, it was recorded in '73. And for some reason, it didn't get released. I think the record company shit themselves over it. Um, they were wanting more Harvest mm. to make money and. This stuff wasn't commercial at all, um, and it didn't get put out until '75. Um, and in '74, he released "On the Beach." Now, "On the Beach" is an interesting transition record. He's still not a happy dude by any means, and the mood and the music and the production um, elements of it are there. But there's also a little bit of sort of um, a bit of a comeback from that. Um, sort of coming to terms with what had happened over the last couple of years in the 70s were bleak in comparison to that, you know, mm. helicopter days of the 60s and Woodstock. Um, so there's still some downer sort of songs, but there's also some of the sort of hope that things may improve. So the first song I'm going to put on um, is called Walk On, which sort of talks about that sort of life is a bit shit, but, you know. Jesus, we'll I never thought we'd get there, mate. Shut up. <laughs> I never thought we'd get there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's, a story, it's 12 it's, already. It's a storytelling night, Ian. It's a storytelling <laughs> night. David told a good story. Yeah, it's uh, all about the area. Anyway, these three albums that we've picked tonight have got big stories behind them.
anyway, that's Walkon Neil Young. Um, and that, yeah, that's right. It's 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 not a I wouldn't say it's a beautiful song, but it's certainly you know it's all right. Um, but there's all sorts favorite of Neil Young that, song. Pardon. Favorite Neil Young song of all of all his oh, songs. Geez, impossible. That is so hard because it's what Neil do you pick? Do you pick the sort of grungy, noisy, mm. abrasive guitar player? No one plays guitar like Neil Young. He's amazing. Mm. He's such a force of nature on stage. You don't know what he's going to do. He's hilarious to watch. Um, and or do you go with sort of the folky stuff? Um, mm. I I don't know. I you got one, Dave. You got a favorite uh, Neil Young song? I I only really know is the hits, um, the big ones. Yeah, not, not nothing that's too eclectic. I want to get into these guys yeah. actually, and Clark Crosby, Stills and Nash, because I do like some of their stuff. But it's a bit like The Godfather, right? There's just some I, I know they're there, and I know it's really good, and I'd like it. I just and it'll be wait, and it'll be waiting for you whenever you're ready, which is the good thing. Um, I love On the Beach. I just think it's just got this really interesting blend of um, sort of downcast sort of songs with just clever as lyrics, and I do like the melodies of these songs as mm. well. Um, there are also some funny songs, also some jaded ones, and the jaded song we'll pick now is called uh, Revolution Blues. Revolution Blues is effectively about uh, the Mance, uh, you know, what's Charlie Manson 
and all of that that stuff that really sort of killed off that buzz and that vibe of the Laurel Canyon and all of that stuff there. Mm. Um, and I know David Crosby was like, I'm never going to play that song live because he had people that he knew that got killed by the Manson oh. family. So yeah, I'm yeah, not okay. doing that. Why are you picking? Why are you even doing a song like that? Um, mm. So, yeah, there was a whole bunch of really interesting songs on there. Um, so On the Beach, um, so really interesting listen, great guitar playing. Um, yeah, just uh, not the happiest, Neil. Not the happiest, Neil. No, it's called the Ditch Trilogy. These three records. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like um, uh, Harvest Moon's my favorite, and I just that's I love a beauty. That's a love I album. Love, I love gigging it. I love singing it. I love the words in it. I love the little riffy nicked off the Everly Brothers. Mm. Dang, dang, dang. But you know that's such a God, that guy, if you can write a little love song like that, damn, you'd have all the chicks, right? Yeah, probably. I just think, yeah, the guy, the guy's incredible. I've seen him mm. live a couple of times, and, yeah, I've just been floored. I went to one show in Wellington. He played for three hours, and they only did 13 songs, having Crazy Horse. <laughs> My stepdad went to the same gig, and he yeah. really wanted to see him play um down by the river and i don't oh, think he yeah, played yeah. it no he, he was didn't. he was gutted but he was more delighted that they actually just jammed he said it was amazing yeah that's that's what crazy horse does mm. so th he picks these bands and um and goes for these different vibes so that was interesting and then i saw him again in auckland doing songs like um harvest moon and um Heart of Gold and stuff. So it was a very different vibe again. So mm. he's a most interesting, interesting character, right? Eh? Um, so, yeah, highly recommend On the Beach. Have, has he ever done any, like, collaborated with Bob Dylan? Because I reckon that would be they interesting. Did, they did. They did, but it got never released. Oh. They only did a couple of, couple of days and stuff like that. But, yeah, you're right. He's probably right up there with Dylan in terms mm. of his... Um, I actually prefer Neil Young over Dylan every time. I think Neil Young's electric stuff when he's on stage, I don't know who you'd pair him up with. I don't think you really want to pair him with anyone because he's he's really, um, he's like you say, he's a force of nature, eh? He's just, he is he. He and is, that's, yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he plays he threw quite a small amp, just maxes the hell out of it. Yeah. And he's got this um, blackie, the um, uh, the Les Paul Black, mm. and he just ah, oh, his guitar solos don't make any sort of sense. I grew up with sort of the wonderful David Gilmore fluid sort of bluesy sound, and then you get Neil, and you're like, what the hell is that? When you listen to like a hurricane, um, well, the and, th the, and I, I mean, love it, I love it to bits. The uh, you know, respect where it's due. I'm a, obviously a guitar buff, and I've got a DVD of the amazing G3, Satriani, Steve mm. Vai, and Ingwie Malmsteen. Mm. And at the end, they always just jam. They normally do a Hendrix song. And mm. on the vid DVD I've got, they do um, Like a Hurricane. You are like yeah. a... And, yeah. man, they rock it. And you're so, I mean, you've got three amazing wizard mm. guitar dudes yeah. um, playing Neil Young. 
Yeah. So the guy's obviously, you know, got his place, eh? I agree. And we're coming to the end of our wonderful run. We've been managed to have a wonderful evening of stories from 74, um, looking back on New Zealand history and colour for a mm. change. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, that was 1974, episode 25 in the can. Cool. Next week, do you want 81 or 83? Uh, your choice, man. Right. 81. 1981. Nice. Bang on. This, 81. This and after the have, and um, hopefully we'll have Martin back from the UK then. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, boys. All right. Cheers, Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Glenn. You're welcome. Thanks, Dave.